What's up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. Welcome back to Founders Journal, my personal audio diary, where I give you, the business builder, the tools you need to think better in order to build better, whether that's building a business, a team, or a new product. Today, I'm introducing Startup CrossFit, where I put my ideas and the ideas of others through the business analysis gauntlet. Let's hop into it. So I want to try something new on Founders Journal today. You may or may not know by now, but I love thinking of business ideas and breaking down businesses of all sizes. So I came up with a concept that I want to try. And if you like it, I'll keep doing it. If you don't like it, we'll scrap it. I call it Startup CrossFit. And here's how it goes. I'll share a startup idea that I've come up with or someone else has, and we'll put the idea through the ringer. I'll analyze the problem that's being solved, the market, the strengths, the weaknesses, and I'll finish with a grade that I assign to the idea's long-term viability as a business. By the way, don't expect an A-plus anytime soon. That grade gets reserved for the next Airbnb or Uber. So let's start the first startup CrossFit by introducing an idea I thought about recently. Here's the idea. At-home haircuts on demand. Basically, Uber for grooming. And I got this idea actually from my own haircutting experience. You see, pre-pandemic, I was living in a five-bedroom apartment with some of my college friends in the East Village of Manhattan. And I'd go to get a haircut every six weeks at a place called Three Stools Coffee Shop. Three Stools was about six or seven blocks away. It was a coffee shop in the front and a barber shop in the back. My barber was this Australian guy named Wayne who was covered in tattoos from head to toe. And after seeing Wayne for a few months at Three Stools, I had this idea of asking him to come to my apartment for cuts versus schlepping over to the barbershop. Now, I realize how ridiculous that sounds since I was walking six or seven blocks, but the convenience sounded great to me. What was my pitch to Wayne? Well, you can come to our place. I'll line up my four roommates that I live with and a few other friends. You'll have six to eight haircuts back to back to back, and you don't have to split your earnings with the owner of the barbershop. Wayne agreed. We started the at-home cuts, and it was amazing. I got a $20 cut in the comfort of my home while talking to friends and watching sports on TV in the living room. We literally just brought up one of our dining room chairs, a full-length mirror from one of our rooms, and put newspaper on the ground so hair didn't get everywhere. And the best part, Wayne was making more than he had been at Three Stools. That acted as the seed for this idea. Now, let's fast forward. We're 16 months into the pandemic, and everything about life has changed. That includes how I get my hair cut. Out of COVID concern, I haven't been to a barbershop since pre-pandemic, and instead, I've had my girlfriend buzz my hair every six weeks. But now, as things reopen and life begins to recalibrate, it got me thinking about my at-home cuts with Wayne again. I miss the skill of a great barber, no offense to Carly, but also appreciate more than ever the value of convenience and a comfortable environment. And that brings me to Uber for grooming. Let's call it home cuts. What if every person had the option of getting an on-demand haircut from a professional in the comfort of their home? And what if every professional like Wayne got to set their prices, keep the majority of their earnings, and have demand brought to them by a platform? It sounds great, 
but let's dive into this idea and decide if it gets a passing grade. Let's start with the strengths. What is there to like about this business? First of all, it's a big market. Most people in the U.S. get haircuts, with the average male getting a cut 5.84 times per year, and the average woman getting a haircut 3.81 times per year. And depending on how you size the market, it's either big or really big. The U.S. barber market is a $5 billion revenue market per year, and the U.S. hair salon market is a $47 billion market. Obviously, if you assume that you're in the larger hair salon market, you open yourself to more complexity like the cost and cumbersome nature of some of the equipment that is required for salon-style haircuts. Something else to like about the business is both convenience and direct connection. By empowering stylists and customers to connect directly, you create a more convenient and comfortable experience for customers in their own homes, and you empower barbers or stylists to feel like owners or entrepreneurs, keeping more of what they bring in and truly being in control of their clientele. Another reason this model could work is that you could provide software to hairstylists to manage their bookings, collect their payments, and have visibility into their calendar, basically handling all the operational headache that comes with being a business owner. So that's the opportunity. Big market, cutting out the middleman, making something way more convenient for a consumer, allowing the supplier to keep more of what they bring in. But what about the challenges? Well, I took that exact question to Twitter two days ago, and I got 1,300 likes and a couple hundred responses. Evidently, people are super passionate about the haircutting business. And the number one concern that I heard, and now agree is a big one, is this concept of disintermediation. Disintermediation is the idea in marketplace businesses where buyer and seller cut out the distributor and the distributor is basically the third wheel of the transaction. So in the case of home cuts, the buyer is the person looking for the haircut, the seller is the barber, and the distributor is home cut, which acts as the platform that connects the haircutter to the haircutee. Disintermediation occurs if there is little incentive for a buyer or seller to stick around and use the platform over time. The major concern with this business is that once I find a great barber, why wouldn't I just text them on the side, forego the platform cost, and just pay them directly? And now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, you know, there's a ton of marketplace businesses like Uber. Why doesn't Uber worry about this concept of disintermediation? It comes down to two major differences. First, the type of supply, and second, the urgency of demand. You see, Uber's supply is fully commoditized. You don't care if you're getting John in a Honda or Kate in a Subaru. You just care that you get from point A to point B safely. The second is Uber demands urgency. When I want to get to the Lower East Side of Manhattan from Hoboken, I want my Uber driver as quickly as humanly possible, which means there isn't time for me to try and disintermediate Uber by going directly to a potential driver to take me there. So now let's bring it back to home cuts. With home cuts, supply is highly differentiated and the relationship between buyer and seller or barber and customer, it really matters. What this means is once you find a barber you like, sticking with them is far more likely than sticking with the Uber driver who took you to dinner. Second, home cuts buyers don't have the same urgency. 
You see, you schedule your haircuts weeks or week in advance, so you have the time to go around the platform and schedule with your barber directly. In practice, what that means is, because I'm not in a rush, there wasn't necessarily reason for me to reach out to Three Stools Barber to book Wayne. I was better off just reaching out to Wayne because we were booking something three weeks in the future. One way to combat this would be to offer stylist software that, again, manages the operations of being your own boss better, scheduling, payments, booking, etc. So beyond disintermediation, there are two really important risks to consider in this business. The first, which is not an obvious one, but something that was brought up in the Twitter conversation, is regulatory risk. From doing research, it looks like there are state-specific laws around the need to have a license wherever you cut hair. So obviously, if where you cut hair requires a license, cutting at various homes becomes very problematic. The second risk is downtime. For barbers and stylists, what they give up in rev share with their barbershop, they make up in low idle time. Here's what I mean by that. If they work at a high-traffic barbershop, they have butts in seats constantly. If a barber decided to join home cuts, they'd have to account for commuting time from client to client, which would either lead to them taking home less, or they'd have to raise prices to make up for the idle commuting time in between. But then they risk pricing out customers. So where does that leave us? Well, if I'm being honest, even though it was my idea, I'm not feeling too hot about home cuts. I think disintermediation is a real concern, and I wonder how similar businesses with differentiated supply and long lead time, like WAG for dog walkers or Soothe for massages, how they keep people on platform. To me, the concept of home cut gets more attractive and interesting if you make it B2B, where you connect barbers and stylists with companies and provide grooming as a service that businesses sign up for as a benefit for their employees. Or another option would be you become a software platform, you go to salons, and you offer them software that gives customers the option of getting their haircut in the salon or at home by one of the salon's professionals. So then, rather than relying on customers to stay on platform and you having the risk of disintermediation, the salon simply pays you a monthly software fee for giving their customers the option of where they get their haircut. With that, I am officially giving home cuts a C minus grade as the idea stands in terms of business viability. And that is a wrap for the first edition of Startup CrossFit. What do you think about it? What do you learn? Do you want me to do more of these? Send an email to alex at morningbrew.com or DM me on Twitter at Business Barista. As always, thanks so much for listening to Founders Journal. And if you enjoyed, please let others know who you think would enjoy the show as well. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next episode.